Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. And welcome in, everyone. Thank you for tuning in on this very exciting episode where we're going to go through free agency. I have not been this excited for an episode for a long time. And to top it off, it is an absolutely beautiful day outside here on the East Coast in New Jersey. And my man's here. He knows what I'm talking about, Billy Briz. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty well, man. Uh, I couldn't say it any better. Finally, the uh, weather's starting to come through our way. We got some free agency news coming our way. March Madness is coming our way. We yeah, had man. UFC 259 over the past weekend. So it's just been a month full of sports starting to feel a little bit normal in life. Yeah. Uh, who is it? The Texas Rangers? Uh, you know, they're opening everything. Texas is opening everything back up. Uh, even, the, uh, Sixers, even the Sixers this week. Uh, Sixers will start having fans in the stadium starting this week. Yeah. I mean, as... The country gets more and more vaccinated. These uh, these times get more and more exciting as people will finally be able to get back to enjoying uh, life, you know, as normal, we would call it. Um, plus that stimulus package also <laughs> passed today. So uh, shout out anyone making less than $75,000. And uh, I'm sure Bill and I will qualify for that. So... <laughs> Positive, positive vibes here today. Um, Trey is not here at the moment. He has an issue that he is taking care of, but he will hopefully be uh, in at some point on this episode. Um, but yes, as I mentioned, we have free agency to discuss on this episode. Um, man, like yesterday, the franchise tag deadline... A decent amount of people were tagged. A lot of them did not have like direct uh, fantasy football relation because they were uh, defensive players. But we are still we, we like we have a boatload of people to talk about. Basically, we have eighteen players to go over, and um, you know that's not even every single person who could be fantasy relevant. These are just the most likely, depending on their landing spot. Um, and then, you know, opposite could very well happen depending where they go. Like, for example, if someone here just wants to take the money, um, you know, what's, what's a potentially terrible landing spot for a player? Aaron Jones, let's say, signs with the New Orleans Saints. Like, you know, don't even worry about cap, but like, say that were to happen, that just creates a two-headed monster that destroys the value of Jones, of Camara. That's like a situation where, obviously, like I said, not going to happen. But um, there are situations where, play, like Kenny Galladay signs with the New England Patriots. That's actually a better example of something that could actually happen. Um, and that would just destroy a lot of fantasy value for Kenny Galladay. So there's positives and negatives to free agency. But we're going to see how it works out over the next week or so. Um, so we have our news to talk about today. We have a franchise, the rundown of people who have been franchised. We have the rundown of expected free agents. Um, we have a fun, fun episode. I, I love talking free agency. Bill, 
let's start with you for our, our quick question here. And it's around free agency, as you would expect. Um, what free agency move would you get most excited about? Like, you know, what's your kind of dream situation here? Like, you know, a perfect situation. This player signs in this spot, and I'm excited all around for everyone. I'm going to be buying this player all over the place. Things like that. Um, one player that I would say probably I'm um, really have my eye on is um, Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks decided to go into the season without franchise tagging him, making him a free agent. And um, if he does end up moving on from this team, I feel like the only way he can really sustain his fantasy value if he went to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Interesting. Um, Miami Dolphins is going to be one of the more popular talked about landing spots when we mention running backs. We will talk more about Chris Carson, and I think that would be a good fit. Carson is a good, well-rounded back. He's a good uh, bruising back. For me, uh, like my potential you know, dream situation, where I think this could also be a little realistic depending on uh, how the team works the cap situation, how the player uh, takes the contract, um, but Kenyon Drake, uh, formerly Arizona Cardinals running back. I think it would be really cool if he signed with Tennessee to be with the Titans to be kind of like a complimentary uh, backup to Derrick Henry. I think it would be cool because it would not take away value from Derrick Henry because they have they would have completely different roles, right? Like Kenyon Drake, we, I think he showed this past season that he's not a three-down workhorse, that he's not going to be a world beater as an in-between-the-tackles runner, but he has shown over the course of his career that he's a very effective guy when you get him out in space and you get him the ball through the air. Um, so he could play that role there on Tennessee. Like, for example, Tennessee last year when they got boat raced early in games, you know Derrick Henry would come off the field and JD or Jeremy McNichols would come onto the field. And I don't think it's much of a... Uh, question, who's the better player between Kenyon Drake and Jeremy McNichols? So I think it would stand to help the Tennessee offense um, and it would only stand to help Kenyon Drake's value because he would be doing what he is best at almost exclusively on an efficient offense and even better uh, with Corey Davis leaving well, well he is a free agent uh, so he's not officially gone but um, you know, because he could resign, but who knows? At the moment, he's currently a free agent. Uh, Johnny Smith, same thing, currently a free agent. Um, Adam Humphreys being cut with a ton of vacated targets on this team. Um, there has been history of vacated targets leaning towards the running back in that situation. So, Kenyon Drake, if he were to sign with Tennessee, it would look bad because wow, he's the backup to Derrick Henry. How is he actually going to be? Remember when Deion Lewis was the backup to Derrick Henry? But it wasn't really like that. Um, I think it would be a lot more fruitful because of the opportunity that Kenyon Drake would receive, of how it would help the Tennessee offense, and also the potential vacated targets should they not add a ton of options um, at wide receiver and tight end. So, um, yeah, if that happened... I would be buying Kenyon Drake on the low everywhere, personally. So, 
fingers crossed. That that'd be my dream destination. Um, I feel like this year with free agency is also going to be a lot different. Um, I saw a tweet from Chase Edmonds, uh, running back who was behind uh, Kenyon Drake on the depth chart last year. He came out and basically said um, a lot of players are going to like be taking those cheaper one-year deals because of how the salary cap has gone down. Um, so they're basically just going to take the shot on themselves for this one year and then hope to enter free agency again next year um, when the salary cap goes back to normal and then strike the bigger deal then because the salary cap, for those of you that don't know, this year, $182.5 million is the salary cap, which is a drop of about $16 million from last year. So I could see that happening. It's a situation where maybe Kenyon Drake signs with Tennessee on the cheap for one year in order to, uh, you know, potentially get the best of him this year and work from there. So uh, that is a basic rundown of where we're going to be at free agency. Let's talk real quick, hopefully real quick, because we got a lot of free agents to get into about news. Um, that has basically come out over the past week, and a lot of it does have to do with free agency as well. And I feel like there's going to be even more news. Don't forget, last week I mentioned this, and I'll mention it again for next week. We will not be live on Wednesday. Next week we will instead be live on Thursday because free agency opens at 4 o'clock on Wednesday um, so instead of, you know, podcasting during the height of free agency, we'll give you a better show on Thursday with a lot of the news that we are breaking down. All right. So let's start here, Bill. Uh, your rival, Dallas Cowboys, re-signed Dak Prescott. Monster deal here. Four years, $160 million. What are your thoughts? I'm pretty excited. I remember once upon a time we were talking about Ezekiel Elliott is the guy that you want in the Cowboys offense. And uh, in the year 2021, man, that couldn't be ever so more wrong. If you say so. I mean, I still think you want – I've seen, like, Zeke being undersold a lot. And, like, yeah, you know, like – like, It's more of a price check type of thing, I feel like, with Zeke. But, man, he is – Real dusty, dude. I would not want Zeke on my team. I I don't know. He was really good before Dak went down. He was a, a top three running back, and things really fell off the hinges once Dak went down. Um, I mean, I I feel I I just feel as though I'm willing to forgive Ezekiel Elliott for that because. Like, I, I don't care who you put into that. You could put Christian McCaffrey. Well, I don't know. Christian McCaffrey is a little different because Christian McCaffrey literally was out there playing with Kyle Allen and had a historic fantasy season. So maybe not Christian McCaffrey, but really any of the other top fantasy running backs or talent running backs, you put them in a situation where they have complete turmoil at the quarterback position, you know, injuries all along the offensive line. I just feel like it's bound to be disappointing. And that's that's definitely where it wound up for Zeke. Um, 
But I mean, I, I expected Dak to be back with the Cowboys regardless because they were they were going to franchise tag him um, had they not got the deal done. So for me, for next year, this doesn't really change anything. But the long term outlook, I I mean, I expected Dak to stay with Dallas because if Dallas didn't pay Dak, you know, even though even though it's a lot of money, if they didn't pay him, I I think it would have been a a mistake personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it works out for both sides. I think uh, it's a lot of money, but if the Cowboys can work around it, if they can add some pieces on, on the defense, I think they could definitely make some things happen as a team. Um, moving on here. Uh, we mentioned last week on the podcast, Jared Cook, Josh Hill were both cut from the saints. Also cut from the saints, Emmanuel Sanders, I don't want to talk about this one, Billy. Do you do you have any interest in talking about this one? Um, not preferably too much, but man, I know your dynasty roster do <laughs> so hot after that uh, transaction. Uh, specifically, you know, there there is a situation where Emmanuel Sanders ends up in a better place than New Orleans, depending on how the quarterback situation is, but man. How the mighty have fallen, and the mighty being me, and my ego, and my morale, and my dynasty rosters. Um, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, I, I mean, I don't know. He's not on our list of 18 free agents uh, for Fantasy Impact, so we won't be talking about him too much. But we can speculate, and we can kind of look into the future I don't know where he could go, where I would be in again at 33 years old. But, uh, you know, hopefully something does change and Emmanuel Sanders becomes one of the biggest buys in fantasy next year because uh, I would I would like to sell him. <laughs> I would like to get something back. Um, John Dude, Brown. He might be, like, up? released in, like, a shallow league, like a... 10 man yeah, he could be league. like a 10 man league with only like 10 bench spots or something like that. Like I could yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, John Brown also released from the Buffalo bills today. Um, John Brown, very injury filled season, but last the year before when Stefan Diggs was not there, he was, um, a really good player for them. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? What do you think about the long term out? And this is another player that we're not talking about today. So, if any spots he could go to that you may uh, enjoy um, for this bill? Nah, this is. I think this is the end of the road for uh, John Brown here. I feel like the um, Bills are just getting ahead, cutting their losses before they have to actually pay him some amount of money. Because I, I would imagine the Bills would have the best idea of what type of shape John Brown is in because he dealt with a lot of injuries last year. And that's been kind of the theme of his whole entire career since he was in Arizona and he was a hot fantasy commodity. He never really panned out because of the injuries and stuff like that. So I feel like for him, this is just the end of the road. Maybe if he pops up somewhere, uh, maybe a team like the Philadelphia Eagles that are really depleted at the wide receiver position or something like that. Maybe I'll have a little bit of interest in John Brown. 
with uh, Jalen Hurts. But other than that, man, I don't really see how he comes around from this. Interesting. Um, I think, I mean, I was an owner of John Brown or a manager, I should say, of, of John Brown in fantasy last year. And um, when he was on the field, he was pretty good. He was someone that I like to have, but he was just rarely on the field. And sometimes that doesn't pay off. Um, he could be another one of those guys where, like I was talking about with Kenyon Drake, they take the small money one year deal kind of like to prove it and try and get the longer term contract when uh, the the salary cap evens out a bit more for next year. So something to watch there for John Brown. And the final piece of news, we actually got this just before the podcast started, but Gus Edwards, he was tendered with a second round pick that should say pick on the screen. Um, so, Basically, what this means, because Gus Edwards is a restricted free agent, um, the Baltimore Ravens, specifically in this situation for Gus Edwards, can place a specific round tender on Gus Edwards. Um, first, second, and then other, basically. Uh, the tender that they put on him depends on how much his base contract would be with them. Um, so if you think like NBA restricted free agents, they have like a basic offer that's out there all the time. If a player is a restricted free agent um, that they could like a qualifying offer, basically. So that's a, that's the absolute minimum that the player could make. Um, so I think it's about three, a little under three and a half million dollars for Gus Edwards. So he'll make at least that much for this season. What it also means is that if another team comes along, tries to re-sign Gus Edwards, let's say the, uh, I don't know, Pittsburgh Steelers are, are interested in Gus Edwards, offer him a one-year, $5 million contract, he decides to sign with the Steelers. The Ravens not only have the offer or the opportunity to match that offer, but if they do not match the offer, then the Pittsburgh Steelers will not only get him, but they will also have to pay a second round pick in order to get Gus Edwards from the Baltimore Ravens. So what this means is that Gus Edwards is going to be a Baltimore Raven next season because no team is going to not only go out there and pay Gus Edwards $5 million, but also pay a second round pick for him when they could just spend the second round pick on a running back um, who not only will be on a very cheap rookie rookie deal for the next four years, um, but will also, you know, give you a greater lifespan than an older Gus Edwards. So, Bill, uh, we mentioned this previous to the show. You said you you like this idea of Gus Edwards staying in uh, Baltimore. Bill, you are yes. There yeah, you I'm go. A big fan of this. Um for Gus Edwards because it just shows that they believe in their system running backs and maybe Justice Hill is just the bust. And um, I really like this one-two bang combo. This is really good news for J.K. Dobbins owners too also as well. I don't feel like Gus Edwards is the type of guy that's really going to take too much work away from J.K. Dobbins. So there's a wheels up for This is a weird situation when somebody gets re-signed and both of their fantasy stocks go up. 
Because if you're in a dynasty league startup draft and you're in like the 25th round and you're looking on sleeper and you're like, ah, these guys at the top aren't really it. What's the name I can scroll to the bottom for? Gus Edwards would probably be the guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he's going to go really late in drafts and startups and stuff like that. And uh, even worth a redraft bench spot because if something does happen to J.K. Dobbins, it's not like he's a proven proven running back. Like, just because he has good draft capital doesn't mean that we know anything really about his health, longevity, and stuff like that. As soon as he gets hurt, Man, can you imagine week five, Gus Edwards, number one waiver wire priority and people spending hell of their fat budget on it. I can yeah, see it now. It definitely. Um, and we also I don't he's know. Gonna be, uh, he has the potential to be this year's, this upcoming year's Mike Davis. My fault. No, you're good. Um, I like it. Uh, you know, even without injury, he could be very useful too because how much the Ravens run the football, you know, it's not all going to be J.K. Dobbins. Um, so while most of it could be JK, Gus could be still chugging along there. The, the, the Gus bus um, that everyone is so fond of. So, uh, yeah, this is this is an interesting move. I like it for the Ravens. I like it for Dobbins. Like you said, it kind of works out for both sides there. Real quick, I'm going to talk about the players who were franchise tagged. As I said, a lot of them are defensive players or offensive linemen. So, um, not a ton of fantasy-relevant people to talk about. Leonard Williams, defensive end for the New York Jet- Giants, was franchise tag Justin Simmons, safety for the Denver Broncos. Brandon Scherf, guard for the Washington football team. Marcus May, safety for the New York Jets. Cam Robinson, tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Marcus Williams, safety for the New Orleans Saints. Taylor Moton, tackle for the Carolina Panthers. And then the only two players who would qualify as fantasy relevant would be Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Now, Godwin, I expected him to be franchise tagged. He's only, what, 24, 25 years old, and one of the better wide receivers in the game and one of the big selling points to getting Tom Brady to sign in Tampa was the receiving core, you, you know, and Godwin's such a big piece of that. You can't just let him walk. Um, but Allen Robinson is the one I want to talk about a little bit more here because I don't think he wants to be in Chicago. So, like, I feel like, if anything, they're going to try and work out a uh, – sign-and-trade situation here where they can still get a little value back from Allen Robinson, or he could just play on the franchise tag. Um, Bill, what what are your expectations on what may happen for Allen Robinson, or or even further, what are your hopes here? Because I know you are a fan of the man Allen Robinson. Yeah, you know Allen Robinson's my guy, but uh, I, I saw this writing on the fucking wall a month out. Um, I have a lot of Allen Robinson in my dynasty league, and he's coming into his, uh, I think, age 28 season. Mm-hmm. So this is the uh, the next two years are really his make it or break it seasons. And I don't know if the Chicago Bears are due for a quarterback upgrade and what would that upgrade be. But Allen Robinson's always been productive. I feel like there's two sides of the coin. Regardless of what quarterback he is, 
He's going to have, he's going to give you those uh, old DeAndre Hopkins numbers where he's just going to be the guy. But the only thing is, is just like if you're a dynasty owner, man, I feel like the ceiling is now. You might want to flip him for a couple of pieces. Uh, let me get your thoughts on this trade. I traded away Allen Robinson for a 2021 uh, second round pick, or not a 2021 and Tyler Lockett for uh, Allen Robinson. I got Lockett in the 2022 first. The 2022 first? 2022 first and Lockett for Allen Robinson. So how would you project that 22 first? To be honest with you, it's hard to tell in in this Dynasty League. Uh, It honestly just depends on who gets matched up with who in the beginning of the season and stuff. It's one of those type of leagues. Like, just because you didn't make the playoffs or you're a low seed doesn't mean your team's bad. It just could be just a random luck of a draw of the week because, you know, when there's so much volatility when you have to start a certain amount of flex spots. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of – I think – like, I definitely want Robinson over Lockett, but I think the decision there would kind of be where's the gap between Lockett and Robinson? Is it worth a 2022 first? Um, and, like, depending where that first falls, I mean, like, if it's an early first, obviously, like, I'm, I'm taking uh, the Lockett pick side all day. If it's a late first, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to judge, and I would probably go with Robinson in that situation. But I mean, where, who knows where it falls? Like you said, a volatile league. So it's kind of taking your shot at that point. And, um, I mean, Lockett is, I like Lockett. He's a great player, but I think he's a better player than he is a fantasy player. And we kind of saw that towards the end of last season, how volatile that Seahawks offense situation can be um you know i know they want to run the football a lot more but it's interesting how they want to run the football a lot more um when you're letting your starting running back walk in free agency so we'll see what the seahawks do what happens um see my thing is about that trade is uh sometimes if two of the players are the same exact age and they have somewhat similar situations maybe one situation's better than the other I think the tiebreaker is the quarterback, and I feel like Russ hasn't shown Russ definitely his is the much fully ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I think there's a let Russ cook season baked into his uh, resume that we haven't seen yet. I think there is too, but I don't know if it's going to happen in the near future. If you know what I'm saying, like, uh, yeah. for example, Brian Schottenheimer getting fired by Seattle because he doesn't run the ball enough and it's Brian Schottenheimer who Wait, you're gonna have to repeat what you just said your mic kind of went all buzzy on me Joe these can you repeat what hopefully you said? you're right and uh locket can take a yeah uh hopefully you're right here and and that locket can uh take advantage of these play action situations and, and just be really efficient and make up for the lack of, uh, I don't know, volume, we'll say, if, if that is in route to go down, hopefully. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see what 
happens with Allen Robinson if he remains a Chicago Bear or not. So that is the news that we have for today. Um, as I said, next week, Dynasty Force Pod on Twitter, Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube. We will be live on Thursday, March 18th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern to break down free agency news, free agency. The legal tampering period opens on Monday, and then the free agency period officially opens on Wednesday at 4 p.m., which is why we've pushed it back, because the timing don't want to you know have the podcast coincide with the peak of free agency um so go out go enjoy yourself come back to us the next day for some uh some good you know breakdowns of basically all these players that we're going to talk about now and their new teams maybe not all of them but hopefully a good amount of them um so yeah let's get into it here Let's start at the top. Let's start with potentially the most fantasy-relevant player of this group. And I think it's going to be the running back who has been a top-five fantasy running back over the past two seasons in Aaron Jones, number two in 2019, number five in 2020. Um, Green Bay Packers running back. 26 years old. Number one thing I want to talk about here is the impact of AJ Dillon in fantasy. Uh, I don't know. Twitter, Twitter is a funny place because you have certain situations where guys, you know, Aaron Jones didn't get franchise tagged and a lot of guys immediate reaction will be, Oh oh my God. Like the value of AJ Dillon is through the roof. And a lot of guys are also on Twitter saying, man, AJ Dillon is just a, a trash version of Derrick Henry, and you know you you should be selling him at, at this value and all this. Like, what side do you kind of lean on there, Bill? As a more unbiased opinion, there. Uh, I think AJ Dillon's probably like the number one dynasty buy, considering like even though like I feel like the person that owned him knows that he's a buy, they don't know how high his value could be potentially like we could be at this time next year and looking like fuck man I only gave up uh freaking Kenyon Drake for AJ Dillon or some bullshit like that yeah. or some random one two trade that ended up going your way like you never know I don't know if I like the tweet I'm gonna check right now but I'd, it was uh the day before the franchise tag deadline the, the deadline was yesterday um, so this would have been Monday. I doubt that I liked it, but, uh, it was a specific tweet basically just highlighting all of the, uh, like recent trades that happened involving AJ Dillon. And a lot of them were, were just like insane on the value, um, that was there. I do not see it in my likes. So that's disappointing, but I know a lot of them were like, he was just kind of a throw-in on a lot of these offers. Just, I guess so many people just assumed that Aaron Jones would be franchise tagged. He could still be back with Green Bay, but who knows? Um, yeah, if you have A.J. Dillon, man, and you sat through all of last year with him and you still have him on your bench, you, you might as well just sit through. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah you, you might as well just sit 
with him again uh, up until this season. Um, so for Aaron Jones, you know, there's, uh, like I mentioned, Miami. That's been rumored as a potential uh, destination for him. I don't know. Arizona, another good potential landing spot. Being back in Green Bay, obviously, would be solid for his uh, landing spot or for his fantasy value as well. Is there any other location that you might be interested in for Aaron Jones? Um, what's a team with cap situation like? Can I can I hear like a team that is running back needy that has cap room? I'm glad you asked because I actually do have up right now. Once I pulled up here, um, Spotrack's updated cap situation. As you can see here, this is going to be the cap space for uh, these 32 teams based on um, the and Aaron Jones. Away. $182.5 million cap, so that is accurate. Yes, we are looking at Aaron Jones. So teams with a lot of cap to spend, we're looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, New England Patriots, New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts, Cincinnati Bengals, Washington football team, Vegas Raiders, Miami Dolphins, and so on. Uh, I would actually like to see Aaron Jones sign with the team that's at the top of that list. I know they have a lot of draft picks, so it probably might not be the best priority to sign dusty old running back. But um, I would like to see Aaron Jones go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That'd be a fire landing spot for him. Interesting. You you wouldn't be worried about uh, James Robinson in that point, or how would you feel about James Robinson? Should that happen? He would just be a complimentary back at that point. Interesting. So you said fuck James Robinson basically with this one. I respect it because um, I I mean James Robinson had a great year, but you never know. The undrafted Dude, rookie. They have cap room and all the draft picks. It's just hard for me not to see them get somebody to compete. Yeah. Um. And there's options here. Uh, for me. If I were to pick a specific team that I really wanted to see him go to, man, of this list, I don't know. Not one specific is sticking out to me. Maybe, like, I don't think the 49ers would do this, but if he did sign with the 49ers, that would be optimal. Seattle is another team, too, sitting here. They have enough cap at $22 million if they were to try to work that out. Um, so those are two teams that I would highlight for Aaron Jones. That would be great landing spots if he were to sign there. Um, remains to be seen. He, like I said, he could very well sign back in Green Bay. We'll have to talk about this on Thursday. I'm sure Aaron Jones will be one of the few people um, of this list who will for sure have a landing spot uh, very early in free agency. Another one who I believe will have a landing spot early in free agency, um, is going to be Kenny Galladay, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. Kind of a surprise that he was not franchise tagged, but the Detroit Lions are kind of looking to rebuild. So it uh, makes sense for them to not pay Kenny Galladay for one year when he likely was not going to sign long-term. Shout out Detroit Beastie because I know he's devastated over this, um, <laughs> you know, 
what was the the nickname you had for Kenny Galladay originally? Was it like Minitron or or something like that? I somewhat related to Calvin Johnson. I I forget exactly, but I also know it was a while ago. Um, what are your thoughts though for for Minitron here and uh, his incoming free agency? Um. I hope he does the right thing and he signs with a team that actually uses him and he doesn't go chase the money. Um, I hope he signs with the Las Vegas Raiders. I would like to see him and Derek Carr team up. That would be a good landing spot for him. I think so, too. Indianapolis, another good landing spot if that were to happen. Miami, I saw as a team that uh, earlier really wants to chase after him. Uh, They have the money to do so as well um jacksonville would be very interesting should that happen but new england is a spot that i don't want to happen at all and i mentioned that towards the beginning of the show even something like the washington football team that would be strange uh how you would think terry mclaurin and um kenny galladay are splitting up a very small high there with a terrible quarterback situation um replacing Kenny Galladay I mean let's not even get into the Detroit Lions wide receiver situation I think it's more likely that they draft a replacement but uh we're not there yet we'll see how that goes Kenny Galladay by the way uh 27 years old so he's still got some years uh a lot of people also tend to think that he is an injury-prone guy because he did not play very often this past year. I think most of that was by choice, though, personally. Um, and it's also interesting how the injury can kind of hurt fantasy managers' mindsets on a player. You know, they could have a, a whole career of being great and healthy, and then one year is all it takes for that to change in the mindset of fantasy players. Um, speaking of someone who is not healthy, though, your boy, Will Fuller here. Let's talk about him. Uh, I would call him the second best wide receiver in free agency, despite the PEDs. He is suspended for one game at the beginning of the next season, but Houston Texans wide receiver, 27 years old, not franchise tagged. What are your thoughts here on Will Fuller in free agency, Bill? Um, I don't know if he'll be able to return his fantasy value if he doesn't come back to the Houston Texans. Let me start off by saying that. But um, I think a good team for him would probably be like the Baltimore Ravens real life-wise. The Ravens need some wide receiver help. I can imagine having Will Fuller and uh, Marquise Brown with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. While I don't think that would be the best fantasy situation for all three of those guys, I feel like that would be the best real-life situation for Lamar Jackson's development as a good quarterback. Interesting. Uh, The Texans do have the cap to resign him if they wanted to. Um, When you're looking at the, the cap space here, Indianapolis is a location that I would like a lot pairing uh will fuller with um michael Pittman. i think that would be a good option jacksonville would be interesting kind of having a really downfield offense between fuller and um dj chark and then kind of having lavisca be that short receiver guy 
Um, let's see who who else could we kind of work in here? Miami, another interesting landing spot. The Chargers as well. You know, if they want to build around Justin Herbert, um, could look to add you know an additional weapon along with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They're losing Hunter Henry, but maybe they go heavy on the wide receivers by adding Will Fuller as well. Uh, Fuller's got game. It's uh, I, I think he's a very good player, and I think uh, wherever he goes, he'll have a big impact. So, fingers crossed that he goes to a strong location. Um, let's move on here. We're going to talk about our first quarterback free agent, and this one I think has more to do with fantasy relevancy than real life relevancy, but Jameis Winston here, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, was New Orleans Saint quarterback this year. He is 27 years old, so he's still young by quarterback terms. Um, The 32-33, I can't remember how many touchdowns it was, but it was one of those numbers, and it was also um, how many 30 interceptions for Jameis Winston this past season. Um, Man, (laughs) what what are your thoughts here for the potential free agency outlook for Jameis Winston? The Saints are stupid for not re-signing Jameis Winston for starters because that's the move because I think Winston on the Saints would be really good for that team. Uh, They have a lot of good offensive pieces that I would like to see Jameis Winston partner up with. But, man, um, I don't really know, man. Like, what's a a team that's really looking to get Jameis Winston? If you're looking for Jameis Winston and paying that price tag, you might as well just draft a quarterback. Yeah, I mean – it depends. It, it's you would have to kind of look at a situation where, like, maybe you're. I don't know. I don't want to say you're a team that has a great. Like Jameis would have to go to a team. I feel like he would have to go to like Washington, where like they have a great defense. You really don't need Jameis to do much besides be functional. <laughs> like when you, you know, need him I, to be. Because if you ask him to do too much, he's just going to turn the ball over all the time. Dude, Jameis Winston in Washington sounds absolutely fucking terrible. That's like <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds absolutely. That sounds like Interception City waiting <laughs> to happen there. <laughs> um, man, I don't even know where. where Because we're looking at this list here of uh, free agents, or I'm sorry, teams that could afford him. Let me see if I can work this out with um, these Yeah, Zoom but that I feel I like you would have to scroll a little bit because if the teams are at the top, that usually means they have a decent enough draft pick. And if you have a decent enough right. draft pick, you don't, why would you want James Watson? Right, so looking at this situation, teams that don't really have a great cap pick, or uh, draft pick, I mean, uh, and have the money. Washington, as I mentioned, um, let's see. Beyond that, I mean, Denver has the 10th pick. They probably would rather spend that on a quarterback than uh, sign Jameis. Um, San Francisco, I mean, if they really hate Jimmy G that much, I I really couldn't tell you. Uh, it'll be interesting. He 
he could be another one of those guys where he kind of takes the cheap year. Um, how about New England potentially for Jameis if he's like yeah. on a he's he's like a bridge quarterback trying they they spend a first round pick on a quarterback and then Jameis signs for one year and Jameis is that quarterback to kind of show the uh, yeah. the That's rookie not what no. not to do. <laughs> That's not it. I don't think any quarterback that ends up going to the Patriots. That team is just fucking dreadful when it comes to weapons. Man, it'll be interesting. I think Jameis will get. Look, if Teddy Bridgewater can get a starting job after his season in New Orleans, then I think Jameis can get a starting job after what he he just sat on the bench in New Orleans. But 5,000 yards, 32, 33 touchdowns, one of those two. And yes, 30 interceptions. That's a big no-no. But if he can bring them down, then Jameis, uh, he could be a good NFL quarterback. So the upside, it's risk versus reward. And I think at a certain point, you have to take that risk. Um, let's move on here. We're going to talk about wide receiver again. This one, I mean, there's a ton of good free agent wide receivers. So let's just move on here and talk about the next one, who is Curtis Samuel. This one's very interesting. 25 years old, Carolina Panthers. He was very efficient last season once the Panthers kind of figured out how to utilize him. Um, what what are your thoughts here with Curtis Samuel entering free agency? Um, I don't really know. I, I know he's an athletic freak, but I don't think there's anywhere where I'm like, oh, man, let me get up. Let me go check my fantasy leagues to see who has Curtis Samuel. Like, nah. Interesting. Um, I want to see where the Chiefs are as far as cap room. They're really, yeah, then no chance. I was going to say, if he landed with the Chiefs, that would be, but I mean, you could basically say that about any wide receiver that lands here. If they land with the Chiefs, that's that's some upside. How about Buffalo, for example, though? They just cut John Brown, as we mentioned, um, to start the show. They have $15 million, so they might be able to make that work. Uh, it, you know, he would be a, a compliment across the field from Stefan Diggs. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that they get more of a possession, uh, another possession wide receiver behind Stefan Diggs, because I feel like John Brown in his later years went from a field stretcher to a possession wide receiver. And um, I just don't know if – I feel like the hype would get way too hyped up for Curtis Samuel going to the Bills, and I don't think the stats are going to be there, Interesting. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, trying to look at other potential landing spots. Maybe Washington. I think he and Terry would pair well. Just got to figure out the quarterback situation there. Um, Miami, another team that could potentially be looking at the field stretchers. You're going to you know, notice – as this episode goes on, we're going to be talking about a lot of the same teams for a lot of these players, just because, I mean, you know, we're not going to suggest very often that the Cincinnati Bengals, who are up there in cap space, go out and add a wide receiver in free agency when they have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and uh, are often mocked to be taking a wide receiver at the fifth overall pick in a lot of mock drafts, or Tyler Pitt, or Kyle Pitts at that pick as well. So 
it wouldn't make sense for them to attack a wide receiver in free agency. But the other teams, like the Raiders, the Dolphins, are teams that it would make sense, and they have been rumored to do that. Best of luck to Curtis Samuel in free agency. I think he can be very good and fancy, uh, depending where he lands. So hopefully it's somewhere, somewhere good. Let's move on here. Next wide receiver to talk about, Juju Smith. Schuster. This one's also interesting. Pittsburgh Steelers. He's currently 24 years old, so he's even a little younger than Curtis Samuel. He also has one elite season under his belt, um, albeit across from Antonio Brown at the time. Man, I don't even know what I'm thinking about Juju for free agency. Do you have any thoughts on it, Bill? I'm not sure if Bill thought thinks he's uh, muted or not, but I don't believe he is here. Uh, wait, nah, maybe he is. I am. My bad. Uh, <laughs> no thoughts on Juju for me, man. He's not a he's not a guy that I even uh, think about too much nowadays. But I can see somewhere randomly where he lands. Like I think a good spot for Juju if a team had a cap room to do it would be like the Green Bay Packers, where he's just like a wide receiver too. Interesting. Packers currently negative eight million in cap space, so I think that would be very difficult to work out. Um, looking at these teams, I mean, man, it is it is tough to say. It is really tough to say where you know he could land. Maybe Tennessee, as you know, kind of like the opposite side of uh, AJ Brown, where AJ Brown is more of a stretch the field home run hitter, and Juju is more of the possession guy. Uh, just potential landing spot that might yield fantasy value yet. Let's move on here. Tight end position. This is going to be the first tight end we talk about. And interesting one here in Janu Smith, Tennessee Titans tight end. He is only 26 years old. Um, hasn't been great so far, but tight ends do take a while to get started. I, I mean, there's certain teams here among the list for tight ends, potentially, uh, you know, the chargers, for example, letting Hunter Henry walk, who is next on our list as a little preview Carolina Panthers, for example, had no tight end this past season. And I feel like tight end would really help their offense. I mentioned Cincinnati Bengals with Kyle Pitts. Is there any landing spot for Janu that sticks out to you, Billy? Yeah, um, I would like Johnny Smith to end up on the Cincinnati Bengals. Interesting. Any particular reason, like how he, uh, you know, um, like there was times last year where Drew Sample and CJ Uzma before he got hurt, mm-hmm. they were like bottom of the barrel tight ends that you could start in deep leagues, especially tight end premiums like FFPC and stuff like that. And I just feel like uh, there's a need for Johnny Smith there at the tight end position. I feel like he's better than all the tight ends that they have on the team. And he could take over that like AJ role, AJ Green role, just down the field threat wide receiver. Um, More of a receiving type of tight end rather than a pass catching tight end, but that's the spot that I really want to see Johnny land up at. How about you? Yeah, um, 
I mean, if I'm looking at this list, preferably, I'd probably want him. I feel like Janu would be a good fit with the Colts because of his usage. Um, he's to because he's also a good pass or not pass blocker, run blocker. Um, like he's he's more than just he's a solid receiver, and he's especially useful around the red zone. Um, and he's also a good run blocker. So I feel like those three things really make him a good fit for the Colts because that's a lot of what Eric Ebron did well when Eric Ebron had his huge fantasy season for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, where he was catching, I think he finished the season with 16 touchdowns because he, it was just so involved in the red zone. Um, I feel like that same thing could kind of happen to a guy like John New Smith. I like the Cincinnati Bengals as a destination for tight ends, but the tight end that I would prefer to sign with the Cincinnati Bengals would be Hunter Henry, actually. Uh, he is also 26 years old, uh, tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. I feel like Hunter Henry is more of the pure receiving tight end and I feel like adding that option to the Cincinnati Bengals offense would give them a lot more versatility as an offense and you could kind of play around with Hunter Henry especially around the red zone what are your thoughts on Hunter Henry entering free agency after being franchise tagged last year Bill I was actually pretty shocked to see this one I thought him and Herbert had a pretty good connection um what's tight end's name, the uh, one that came along late in the season. Um, what was his name? Are you talking about the Chargers? Yeah. Donald Parham? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I guess that's belief in him or they're going to draft somebody. Um, and who was the old guy that was there? Antonio Gates? Not Gates. The dude that was behind Antonio Gates. I think his name was like Ladarius Green. Remember? Everybody thought yeah. he was good. Well, uh, Darius Green for a while was supposed to be the next Antonio Gates, and then Antonio Gates just like never retired. <laughs> so he was yeah. like, "Yeah, fuck off." <laughs> yeah, that was that. That just brought me back there. But um, yeah, I I was pretty shocked to see this one. Uh, then not get that deal done. To be honest with you, interesting. Um, they could still do it. Chargers do have the cap space. Uh, to make it work if they were interested. And like you said, it's a good connection between the two. Um, another potential landing spot, if Deshaun Watson does play for the Houston Texans, uh, he could fit in well there because they are, I mean, at the moment, we'll say losing Will Fuller. And also, um, they really don't, they have Darren Fells, they have Jordan Akins at tight end. It's, it's really just whatever at tight end. But Sean Watson does utilize the tight end position here and there. So um, I think I think that would be a good spot for Hunter Henry as well. Moving along here, uh, less marquee people here at the free agent position um, as we go down the list. Corey Davis mentioned him with the Tennessee Titans, 26 years old, former number five overall pick. He is coming off of his best season where he just missed a thousand yards. Um, man, Corey Davis, what are your, what are your thoughts here, Bill? 
man, I feel bad for him. Um, he came <laughs> off a really good season last year. But, uh, yeah, man, I think he finds his way back up on the Tennessee, though. I don't, I don't get what Tennessee's doing, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was just thinking, like, where would Corey Davis fit in really well? And I really feel like Tennessee is, like, perfect for him. Because yeah. what's actually weird, like, he's he turned into a solid complementary piece as last season went on. Like, he, he's a – his best feature as a pure receiver is him as a route runner. Like, he's, he's not, like, super fast or physical or whatever. But he's a pretty solid route runner. And then put that opposite A.J. Brown, who's, like, super physical and will outrun you and out, you know, he'll, he'll uh, run you over in the open field or um, just avoid your tackles or whatever. Uh, Corey Davis is a good complement to that. But also, Corey Davis is a real, like, Corey Davis does not get enough credit as a run blocker. Like, I feel like Corey Davis is probably one of the best run blocking wide receivers in football. And you're on the Tennessee Titans who run the ball or have Derrick Henry who will more than likely after this season uh, lead the league in carries for a single running back. So this is a situation where I feel like Corey Davis, it would benefit both he and the Titans for him to go back. We'll see. We'll see if they can work it out after this season. Nine down, nine to go. Sadly, the first nine were much better than the second half nine, but you'll you'll see as we get into number 10 here. T.Y. Hilton, um, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, 31 years old. He showed some flashes last season, but I don't have a lot of excitement for the future of T.Y. Hilton. How about you, Bill? I don't see his future for T.Y. Hilton either. I think he's dust. Um, I don't know where he could go where I would be excited. Probably nowhere where I would be excited. Maybe the Raiders where I feel like he could get value and, and be used and like actually have have some relevance. But at that point, to me, even then, like he would be like a maybe a wide receiver three. And that's as a 31 year, you know, like you said, old, sadly dusted. T.Y. Hilton was so great for fantasy back in the day with Andrew Luck. So it's kind of, kind of rough to look back on him now and see how the career has shaped out. But uh, best of luck to T.Y. in free agency. And hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he shows me something this season. Um, Next free agent that we're going to talk about, this one not so dusted, but Chris Carson running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He is 26 years old. Um, Like I mentioned before, a do-it-all running back. He's a good uh, runner in the open field. He's also a good runner in making people miss by just breaking through their tackles. He's a good pass catcher. I don't think he does anything fantastic, but... He, he could really help a, a team. Bill, you mentioned earlier Miami as a landing spot. And you also said that you wouldn't be super interested in him if he didn't go back to Seattle or stay or go to Miami, right? 
Yeah, man. There's not a lot of spots where I don't think Chris Carson isn't going to be inside like a uh, timeshare situation. Like the worst spot for Chris Carson to land would be a team like the Denver Broncos where it'd be like him and Melvin Gordon splitting the stats. That would be so terrible. (laughs) Um, That's the thing with running backs entering free agency is just like you really don't get a ton of situations where like the running back enters free agency and it's so good for him afterwards. Like when, when running backs enter free agency, it's really not that great. Like Aaron Jones, it could actually work out because he's like a lot. He's still really good. And, uh, He's only 26 years old and like hasn't doesn't have a ton of tread on his tires from his career, but I don't know. It's just historic. Like Le'Veon Bell, for example, when Le'Veon Bell entered free agency, um, there was a lot of tread on his tires. Number one, I will say. So there's that was a red sign or a red flag, I should say. But um, you know, he went out, got paid to be the workhorse guy, and it, it really didn't pan out. So, I mean, like, there are situations where that happens or there are situations where, you know, a guy will, like Melvin Gordon, you know, take a solid deal to kind of come into a weird situation and be a, not a workhorse back, but like a, I don't want to say, it it wasn't even like a committee back at the same time, leader of a committee, but still not super relevant for fantasy. It's it's just a weird situation. And all I can say is hopefully that's not the case with Chris Carson. Um, next wide receiver up, Billy's favorite wide receiver, former Eagles first-round pick, Nelson Aguilar. Bill, how, how would you like him back in Philly? I wouldn't like to see him back in Philly. <laughs> you know where the spot that I want to see Nelson Aguilar? You kind of hinted at this earlier, and he said every wide receiver would have a sustained fantasy value if they stayed in this offense. Um, Nelson Aguilar to the Chiefs would be a fire, fire move for them. Um, I think Sammy Watkins is dusty, old, not good. I and, considered um, putting him on this list. But yeah, uh, I decided Aguilar to only talk on about Chiefs, fantasy relevant fire. guys. <laughs> I do think that, that would be good. Um, it depends how they work that out, though. At the moment, as you can see here, currently $21 million under. They at least have to be at zero when the league year starts. So we'll see how yeah. they work that. But Aguilar is one of those people that I fear that the asking price because of his draft capital, he's a former first round pick and a pretty high first round pick at that. Um, He has the right to demand salary in the free agent market. And because of that, I have a feeling like he might end up to a team like the jets where it's just like, ah, I don't really want Nelson. I could see that too. I, I feel like Nelson Aguilar is a, Take the money, sort of guy, yeah, though. He definitely and like, is a take the money type of guy. And yeah, <laughs> the Jets or the Patriots, that would be one of those take the money landing spots. Um, I mean, could be wrong. He's 28 years old. And uh, I mean, 
if I if I was in Nelson Aguilar's shoes, I would be trying to take the money. I would say that because it's not like something's going to automatically turn around and you're going to become a Hall of Famer at this point in your career. So you might as well just make that money. Yeah. Um, or you find yourself like Josh Gordon and uh, Johnny Manziel playing in the fan football league. <laughs> let's not. Let's not again. <laughs> I actually uh, watched a couple of the games. The games were pretty fun. I can imagine how. So, how do you control the plays? Do you like text it? I that part I don't know. I've never watched it live. I usually watch uh, like a, uh, like a rerun. The game reruns on YouTube because um. Manziel's playing in that league, but he got hurt, actually. Typical Johnny Manziel. Interesting. All right, um, let's move on here. Maybe a more relevant fantasy free agent, but for a shorter period of time, Marvin Jones. I still think Marvin Jones is a good player. 31 years old, Detroit Lions wide receiver. Um, what are your What are your thoughts here with Marvin Jones? I know you actually if you just have Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. I would be actively trying to move him because he's one of those type of guys that even though he's old and everybody knows that he's old, he still has name brand value a little bit left to him. Um, and I don't think the trades that you're going to get back are going to be like the most sexy appealing players. Uh, yeah, I you took got a gamble. Cole. <laughs> yeah, I took a gamble. Yeah, yeah. Marvin Jones for Keelan Cole, straight up. That's interesting. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it works. I mean, um, Keelan Cole played the most snaps out of the uh, Jacks wide receivers last season. So if he gets re-signed there, I'm high on Keelan Cole. Uh, let's see. Other potential spots for Marvin Jones. Indianapolis could be cool. Um, he said know, he wants to go to a team where they have Super Bowl aspirations. So um, Could be Indy. Um, At the top, that seems like a team like the Patriots, man. I could see Marvin Jones being a Patriot. Uh, I don't see them having Super Bowl aspirations. Yeah, but still, they still have that stigma to them. How about San Francisco, for example? Uh, they had a bad year, but the year before, they made the Super Bowl. And, I would uh, hate that, man. Any, uh, you would hate Francisco, it. For Debo San Francisco and, is the death spot for <laughs> receivers right now. That team is not the team. You, Jimmy G is just not it. I got, I got to agree with you, sadly. I thought he was at first. but The wheels have fallen off. Um, you mentioned name brand value with Marvin Jones. Let's talk about name brand value here with Antonio Brown. Um, did you know Antonio Brown is 33 years old now? I think he's going to retire. It would. It would. Is Antonio Brown a Hall of Famer? Famer. I think it's. I think it's a good yes. It's a borderline Hall of Hall of Famer. He might fall inside the Ocho Cinco Terrell Owens category. Really talented wide receivers that never made it to the Hall of Fame because of uh, other antics. Because I don't think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He definitely won't be a first ballot guy. But I do think he'll get in eventually. Um, I do believe Terrell Owens is. In yeah, he now, got in eventually, like last took, year. Bro, it took way too long. I it took way like, too long. I feel like Antonio Brown, man. Like, what more does he want out of his football career? He won yeah. his championship. He got yeah. it before Ben got his next one. I would say because yeah. that was like the thing he 
That was the big thing for him was like uh, he didn't want to leave the Steelers because there wasn't a team that would sustain his value uh, for Super Bowl aspirations. Um, to be honest with you, a team that I would like to see him get paired up with again, I know it didn't work out the first time, but um, I think it would be pretty intriguing if they let him walk back with uh, walking hands with a Super Bowl on his finger. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders. Interesting. I I think it's I would say that's kind of like a Nelson Aguilar situation where like the the bridge has already been burned, and so like they they just wouldn't like be interested. Especially Gruden. I feel like Gruden is the type of guy to hold a grudge. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> Gruden's also a guy to, to bring in a guy that just won a Super Bowl to show his young guys what they're working for. I feel. That's also a good point. Man, I don't even know. I, I'm probably not interested in Antonio Brown, no matter where he signs, if he does sign somewhere, honestly. Um, and, you know, he was, he was one of the best fantasy players of the 2010s, period. So, yeah, another changing of the guard there. Let's move on here. Kenyon Drake is uh, one of the last, like, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, feature backs, because as I mentioned earlier, I think he kind of showed that he's not really a feature back. But, um... What what do you think is best case scenario for Kenyon Drake entering free agency? I would like to see Kenyon Drake go to a team where he could just be the pass catcher. Um, maybe like the Texans. It's interesting. I don't know with the Texans because one of your big points too before has been Deshaun Watson doesn't throw to the running back. And like they were kind of happy with Duke Johnson going there a few years ago. And um, Duke Johnson, yeah, Duke's gone. Did nothing. Yeah, he's gone. Um, that's a piece of news that we didn't talk about. Is Duke Johnson being cut? Oh, yeah. But I mean, um, there's a guy that you should pick up in your dynasty leagues. Um, let me make sure I'm saying his name right before I tout him as a uh, dynasty league pickup. But um, I picked him up across all my dynasty leagues because he was in waivers, and I expect him to be the uh, backup to David Johnson, which is pretty fancy value. I don't think David Johnson's a guy that's uh, really going to play 16 games in a season. His name is Buddy Howe. He's a uh, he's from Florida Atlantic, 24 years old. Third, he's coming into a third year. He got re-signed by the Texans. Um, he's kind of a ch- change of pace type of back. Um, didn't really play too much last year, but – uh, he would be second in the depth chart right now, which is worth a dynasty pickup. Yeah, I feel that uh, you might as well take the shot. Um, buddy how? Buddy. <laughs> Listen here, buddy. Um, and he has the dreads. You know, you know a guy, you know a running back with the dreads is always a uh, pick, pick up on the waivers type of guy. Always, but I, I will say that the dreads don't hurt. <laughs> yeah, the so, dreads don't hurt his cause for uh I mean, dude, you could pick him up in every one of your leagues right now and you might fall yeah. into a guy that will be on everybody's waiver wire list by week two. You never know. Everything shake out that way. Um maybe that's a reason for the Texans to sign 
Kenyon Drake because they don't want uh, to be in that situation with Buddy Howell. You never know. Um, I mentioned earlier with the Tennessee Titans, I would like that to work out for Drake and his value. How about uh, Gerald Everett here, tight end from the Los Angeles Rams. He is 26 years old. Um, I mean, he he's shown flashes at the tight end position as well, which, I mean, like, I guess that's what you want out of the tight ends we've seen so far because not really any of them have been consistent, but they have upside. Gerald Everett, a former second-round pick, you know? Yeah, I don't think he'll go to a team where he's going to be the Alpha tight end, but I guess that's what he's looking for in free agency. A team that kind of uh, that I kind of think of that I feel like Jared Everett would kind of blossom with would be the uh, Washington football team. That would be interesting. Him and Logan Thomas kind of trading off there. Yeah, um, I'm also interested. Team, I don't think that team believes in Logan Thomas. I mean, maybe the fantasy community does because they play him yeah. so much, but I don't think that's a team where they're like, oh, man, let's roll out Logan Thomas next yeah. year. Like, They would be looking to upgrade. Um, I think uh, one spot that I would be very interested in is Carolina because uh, I think he, he – I think Gerald Everett is as best as a receiver, and they Isn't really Ian miss – Thomas still there? Yes, but he is absolute trash. So uh, Gerald Everett would be much better, I I believe, than Ian Thomas. And I think he would offer actual fantasy upside um, in that position. Final two free agents, and they're both running backs here to talk about. They're very different. Let's talk about James White running back from the New England Patriots. He's 29 years old. Let me ask you this specifically, Bill. Is there any landing spot besides Tampa Bay that you would be interested in? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm glad you said Tampa Bay because that's not it for James. Don't. That's a guy that like if you get a trade offer of James White, I would tell him to fuck off. Um, well, if he's a little, you know, salt and pepper throw in like. AJ nah, Dillon Bill, and James White. <laughs> I would tell them the fuck off. I don't uh, him at all. And the final running back that I want to talk about here, which this one's interesting because he may have played himself into a good contract in free agency. Leonard Fournette, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 26 years old. Uh, like I said, he may have played himself into a con. Uh, you know, a starting job because of how well he played in the playoffs. Like, for example, Leonard Fournette in Seattle. How do you feel? Um, Leonard Fournette, uh, my favorite landing spot for Leonard Fournette would be the Atlanta Falcons. That is interesting. That's something I had not thought about. But I think that, That's I mean, that would be difficult, I think, for Cap. How? I mean, I, I don't. Todd Gurley's a free agent. Uh, Falcon. No, for the cap, like the cap space, because Falcons have absolutely no cap space. Um, I thought Todd Gurley's a free agent this season. He is a free agent, but that doesn't open up cap space for them. No, they're still fourteen million under. Um, I don't think Leonard Fournette's demanding a shitload of cap, though. Yeah, but they're 
there's they're like it's a hard it's such a hard cap. Like I don't know. I mean, yeah, you would know more than I would because I'm not a Falcons fan, but yeah, um, 14, 14 million is a decent amount to shave off. They could definitely do it, but it's not only fourteen million, but it's also like an additional probably like three or four million that he'll ask for in free agency. And then also, do you want to spend the three or four million that you have for free agency on a running back when you could spend like a second round pick on a running back and the second round pick hit rate on running backs tend to be a lot higher, especially when last year you just spent uh, or just went in on a running back and free agency in Todd Gurley and you saw how that worked out and it just didn't. I just feel like it would be unlikely for Atlanta to add a running back in free agency. But I mean, Leonard Fournette is the type of guy that I would be interested in them adding. Not exactly Derrick Henry, but kind of the same play style in a way. So I could definitely see that if they can work it out with the cap. Um, I'll give you one more landing spot for Leonard Fournette here. San Francisco. Let's say he signs there for the the slightly cheaper. Would you be interested? Hell no. <laughs> How are you not interested Bro, why would I in a San Francisco with, running back? Why would I want to fuck with a Shanahan backfield? That's like that's like <laughs> saying it's like saying you want a Patriots running back? No. Do you remember Alfred Morris though? I Alfred do. Alfred Morris is that. And I think that was more of just a running back quarterback uh, beneficiary than a Shanahan offense beneficiary. Possible. That's possible. Hopefully, for most of these free agents next week, we will have definite landing spots for them. We will be able to analyze those landing spots, and we will be able to analyze how them going to those teams. Uh, impacts the pieces around them and the pieces they're leaving officially. Aaron Jones, will he be back in Green Bay? Will A.J. Dillon officially be set free? Who knows? Uh, Kenny Galladay, will he take the money and sign with a team that, you know, you aren't hyped for, like New England or New York Jets? Hopefully not, but um, we'll, we'll have to see how it works and many other free agents bill at getting bills on twitter anything else you want to say before we head out today nothing really man all right and i am at fantasy force fb on twitter follow the show at dynasty force pod check us out on youtube dynasty force podcast thanks again for tuning in don't forget next week we will be live thursday instead of wednesday march 18th instead of march 17th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Hope you enjoy your night, the rest of your week, and the start of free agency next week and some real NFL news. Hope you enjoy it all.